0: Welcome to Starting the Conversation. You're listening to episode number 228. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and today I'm gonna be talking you through five marketing mistakes for you to try and avoid within your business. Now, I don't want this episode to feel like I'm just kind of calling people out for making certain mistakes or doing certain things wrong, because these are all things that, first of all, I can definitely relate to doing myself, even as a quote-unquote marketing expert myself. You know, I spent the last seven years helping other businesses with their marketing these are still things that I can easily do so you're not alone and from the work that I do from speaking to so many different clients who are business owners and founders and startups and entrepreneurs and people that are wanting to start businesses so many of us experience these things so this is a safe space where we can all acknowledge that sometimes we do make mistakes but the important thing is is that we are self-aware of those mistakes and we know the things that are going to help us to move forwards. So that's what I'm going to share with you today, five mistakes, and within those mistakes, hopefully give you some kind of insights and tips that's going to help you to avoid that mistake moving forwards. Now, I'm starting off with a biggie, which I don't often say this, because I do think, you know, every business is unique and not many things are universal. I'm going to bet this is one that every person listening to this can relate to. And that is the mistake of not reminding people what it is that you sell. Anyone resonate with this one, I wonder. I've already got my hand up. I know this is one that I do all of the time. So this is the mistake of not actually telling our audience, our community, our followers, wherever we are, what it is that we sell, You know, we're not telling them what our product or service is. And most importantly, you know, giving them a bit of a nudge to maybe take some action and buy it or book or inquire. I think it's really interesting how easily we forget to do this. And I think it comes from a few different places. First of all, I think we make this mistake because of a little something called knowledge bias. Knowledge bias is where you assume everyone knows the same things as you do. Of course, you know what your business sells. You know what you do. You know how you can help people. You know why your products are great. Because we know our businesses inside out and we're probably bored of hearing about them, we assume that it's the same for everyone else. We assume that everyone else knows what we do, who we are and how they can work with us inside out. That's just not the case. I think that's the first reason we fall into this trap is because of that assumption. The second reason I think as well though is probably a little bit of our good old friend fear. Feels a little bit scary sometimes doesn't it? Promoting yourself or, or promoting something that you've created. The thought of just just showing up online in a way that's serving other people and, you know, starting conversations and having a nice chat and talking about what you're up to today. Like, that all sounds lovely, right? No fear doing that. But, oh well, what about the content where we need to start, like, selling a bit and, like, telling people what we do and, like, maybe asking someone to, like, buy something? No, no, that's scary. That's where the fear comes up, right? Maybe it's fear of rejection. Maybe it's fear of what other people would think. Maybe it's fear of looking silly. Whatever the fear might be, I think so much fear shows up when it comes to our marketing. Now, if you are resonating with making this mistake, first of all, you're not alone. And second of all, I would never expect that you make this mistake once and learn from it forever. I think in marketing, uh, we are just continually either like falling into holes or we're getting out of them and like walking ready to fall into the next hole. I don't know if anyone relates to that, but that's definitely how it feels for me. And I see the same with my clients. Where like, you're just never gonna be perfect forever. There will be times when you need this reminder and then maybe six months later you need this reminder again and that is okay. Because of those two reasons, that knowledge bias and the fear, it's really easy to to stop doing this, to stop telling people what we do. It's a really important part of our content. If we don't tell people what we do, they can't buy it. And I want to give you an analogy here that will hopefully really help you to realise how silly it is not to tell people what you do and ask them if they want to buy it. Imagine for a moment that you are in a restaurant. You sit down in this restaurant and there are no menus and there are no waiters no one comes to your table to ask you would you like an appetizer these are our specials would you like to buy one of these there's no menu that's telling you that this is what we sell this is what you can have this is the cost this is how it works there's no clarity you're not being told what that restaurant serves and you're also not being prompted by anyone order if you were in that restaurant and you wanted to buy something to order something you would have to find the kitchen you know figure out where the kitchen was go in you know flag down a chef and be like excuse me excuse me what are you making over there yeah yeah i have one of those thank you yeah cheeseburger fries on the side perfect thank you that is what you're doing When you're not telling your audience what you do and asking them to buy, you are starting a restaurant that has no menus and no waiters. That is exactly what you're doing. You're leaving people sat there, potentially interested in what you do and wanting to take some action, but you're not giving them any information or any kind of opportunity to actually make that next step. People need to know what you do and be invited to take action to move forwards. And I should caveat that with most people. Yeah, some people will find their way into the kitchen and order it themselves. Cool. We're not thinking about those. That's the minority of people, right? Most people will not take action unless they are continually reminded what you are selling and they are invited to take a piece of action to buy, inquire, book, whatever your next step is. One of my biggest encouragements for you, if you find this difficult to do, telling people what you do, is don't tell people what you do, show them what you do. Show, don't tell. Imagine my content, if I was constantly going, I work with clients. I work with clients who are generally service-based businesses, looking to scale. I help entrepreneurs to have more clarity. I help my clients with goal setting and marketing. That's boring. I don't want to hear that. That's going to get repetitive real quick. So maybe I could show you what I do instead of telling you what I do. Maybe I could put up a video that's showing you what I do within a strategy day with a client. And within that, I show you who the client is and I show you what we're working on. What's that video doing? It's telling you what I do, who it's for and what my work's all about. If I show a result that a client has had, well, what's that subtly doing? It's telling you what it is that I do, the impact my work is gonna have on you. If I show myself creating a new product for on paper, that's gonna make you wanna buy it. Probably a lot more than me just saying, here's a desk pad, it's great, cool, buy." If I show myself using that desk pad to plan out my day, suddenly I'm a bit more interested. Show, don't tell. When we show, it's so much more engaging for our audience and it feels so much less icky for us to do as well. So that's my first encouragement for this one. My second encouragement for you here would be to create a rhythm of asking for the sale. If you have something that is always available, maybe it's a service, maybe it's a product, you know, it's it's not sold on a kind of launch basis. So therefore you're kind of always selling it. Create these natural peaks and troughs where you're selling it. Maybe it's that on the first week of the month, you talk a lot about your services and you promote them. Or maybe it's every Wednesday, you put a piece of content out, which is kind of showing people what you do and and asking, inviting for the sale. If you can create that kind of rhythm to the way that you talk about what you do, you're going to find it easier to remember to do it because if you try and do it all the time, you'll likely do it none of the time. So those are a few thoughts that might help you with that. But all in all, if you just need a bit of a kick up the arse, am I allowed to say that? Who knows, it's my podcast. To show and tell people what you do and actually talk about your products and services, let this be it. If this was all you needed from today's episode, press pause. You can listen to the other mistakes later. Go and action this one. Go and tell people what you do. If people do not know, they can not buy. I'm going to leave you with that thought for the first mistake. Now, moving on. Second mistake that you want to avoid within your business, and again, I feel like many people are going to relate to this one, and it's so fine, but also it's kind of not fine because is a really important thing, um, is the mistake of not tracking the statistics and the metrics. What I mean by statistics and metrics, just like the numbers, like you, you're not tracking all of the data when it comes to your marketing. You're not analyzing uh, the success or the, the failure <laughs> also let's acknowledge sometimes when we track metrics it doesn't tell us that things are going well that's fine you're not tracking how things are going the amount of business owners i speak to who have very established businesses they are making you know hundreds of thousands of pounds per year and when i ask them you know well can we look at your marketing metrics they go yeah we could we, we could log into instagram and look at them there or we could go to google analytics and look at it there and i'm like you don't have a spreadsheet where you're tracking your statistics. It's crazy to me how easily we kind of get away with not doing this within our marketing. And to an extent, I kind of get it. Like we don't always need to be analyzing every single number because sometimes that can make us kind of take the life and the soul out of our marketing. But numbers are data and data contains lessons. So if this isn't something you're doing, this is such an easy win in your marketing is to just start tracking some of the numbers and try and learn from them. I track this podcast numbers like I am looking after a young child. That is a weird analogy to use, isn't it? In reality, I I don't know how to look after a young child, but guess what I'm trying to say? I look at the numbers of this podcast all of the time. I'm constantly refreshing them, A, because I'm just a bit nosy, uh, but B, because I'm always learning. I'm always interested to know, like, okay, December was a really high download month, but we only put out two episodes. Why? What led to that? What promotion of the podcast really worked? Or I can give you an opposite an example. September last year, I was like, come on, big month, let's go, everyone's back, was not a big month for downloads. I was like, that's interesting. Why? Let me look at the episodes we put out. Let me look at the promotion that I did. Let me look at the titles that I used. Maybe they weren't enticing enough. I don't know. When we look at the numbers, we have an opportunity to question them and learn what's really key here with tracking the numbers is tracking the right numbers I don't want you just gathering together all of your metrics for the sake of it question which metrics are telling me I am achieving my goals if your goal is sales your social media metrics at least one of them should be how much traffic is that platform driving to your website and how much of that traffic is converting don't just go looking at every number because that's what the platform's giving you look at the numbers that are really gonna matter in measuring if your goals are being achieved. This is such an easy win and I'd encourage you here to to bring this habit across the whole of your business. Track everything. Track how many sales you're making. Track your revenue. Track your spending. Track your profit. Like you've got to know your numbers in business. It's really easy and almost scarily easy, I think, to bury your head in the sand. But the more you can understand and have an awareness of the numbers, the easier you'll find it, as I said, to learn, to analyze and to move forwards with more intention. So that is the second mistake I would love for you to avoid I'd love if you would start tracking the numbers looking at the metrics and actually forming that habit of every single month checking in on what is happening the third mistake I want to talk about here and this is one that I put a post out about out about I put a post I did a post about this this week on Instagram although this will be quite a few weeks ago when this episode comes out because I am batch recording For the first time in my life. Because I'm about to fly to New Zealand. Ever motivated by a holiday. I am. Anyway. I put a post out this week. And one of the things that I mentioned within it. Was getting business envy. This idea of looking at other people's businesses. In a kind of way that's not helpful for you. And so this third mistake. I want to talk to you about. Is getting content Envy, having envy of other people's marketing. One of the things that I think we don't talk about enough is sometimes the negative of how the online space has developed so much for business owners. I'm not a negative person, so I'm very aware of the positives. Like, it's amazing. There's so much education out there. So many people to be inspired by. You can build a network so easily. Like, wow, love this. You know, I notice when I started out in business seven years ago, there was not the kind of online community that there is now. There definite benefits to how much the online space has grown, but I think we should also acknowledge some of the challenges that come with how the online space has grown. Every time I log into a platform, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram or my podcast app, I'm bombarded by other people's marketing. Now, some of the time, that's really inspirational to me. That really helps me, encourages me. Maybe I learn from it myself. Maybe it just makes me think of something that I could do. Interesting. Cool. Love that. That's a good day. But some days... When we look at what other people are doing, it actually creates a negative response for us. We get this kind of content envy. We see what other people are doing and we almost get this shiny object syndrome of like, well, should I be doing that? Or, well, that post went viral for them. Why have I never had a post? go viral oh well they're talking about a topic I disagree with that does that mean that I'm wrong I guess it's bigger than just envy isn't it it's like comparison and looking at other people's stuff and I think not using what other people are sharing in a positive way is what I'm really talking about here now there's so much that I could say on this topic I think the first thing to do is to not be afraid to curate your feeds mute people unfollow them nobody is going to care that much that you unfollowed them unless it's like your best friend or your mum in which case they might care. But some person on Instagram that maybe you've chatted to a few times will probably never notice that you unfollow them. And if unfollowing them makes your experience on online a little bit nicer, if it makes you feel a bit more calm, if it stops you from feeling rubbish about your own business, then great. Or if you don't wanna unfollow, mute. Basically just like the cowards unfollow, isn't it? Or it's like, I'm gonna mute you, I want you back. I don't want you to notice when I refollow follow you that I unfollowed you, so I'm just gonna mute you for a little time. That's okay, I mute people. Sometimes I even mute my friends. Cue all of my friends listening to this being worried it's them that I mute. Maybe it is, that's fine. There are times where it's not helpful for me to see someone else's launch or what someone else is sharing. And I just go, okay, I need to put the blinkers on here and not look at it. That's the first thing I'd share is unfollow, curate, mute, do whatever you need to do. And the second thing I'd say is that I think the clearer you can be on what you're doing, the easier it is to ignore what everyone else is doing. When you have real clarity on who you're showing up for, what the purpose of your marketing is, what, what you wanna be achieving, what your why is, what you're about, your values. So much easier to see what other people are doing and go, cool, good for you, not for me. When I'm in a healthy place, that's how I look at other people's content. Even if it does kind of rub me up the wrong way, I should go, okay, that's cool for you. You know, if I see someone putting out a piece of content that I don't really agree with, instead of it making me go, should I be not talking about what I think of that? Or oh God, are they gonna hate me? I'm like, cool, great for you love that for you. You do you. My values are different. Or if I see someone going viral and getting amazing engagement on their content and my gut reaction is like, well, why am I not going viral? You know, boo is me. I'm going to get my tiny violin out. I can then just go, no, okay, no, that's great for them. That's proof that you can go viral. Amazing. I'm going to celebrate that for them. I'm going to take that as proof that it's possible for me and I'm going to keep doing me because I'm going to do my thing when you are clear on your lane it's so much easier to stay in it so if you experience a little bit of content comparison or content envy try as much as you can to see other people as proof that it's possible or inspiration if you need to mute or unfollow and ultimately get as clear as you can on what you stand for and why you're showing up and let the other people do what the other people are going to do the fourth and penultimate mistake I want to share with you is looking for instant return on investment. Now, this is a marketing mistake that, do I think we talk about this much? Who knows? John, no know fun fact, I don't really listen to other podcasts about business that much. I think I just spend so much time recording and listening to my own. I'm like absolutely sick to death of it. Um, so a lot of the time I'm like, I don't really know if other people are talking about this. Who knows? But this is something that's been coming up a lot in conversations with different people recently, whether that's clients or business friends or just kind of people I'm chatting with, is this idea of like instant gratification. When I say return on investment, what I'm really talking about is the kind of result that you get after putting in an action. I think that social media especially has got us really used to an instant return on investment. I expect, right, I'm going to put a post out and I'm going to make a sale, or I'm going to do something and then it's going to get loads of likes and I'm going to gain loads of followers. Sometimes our marketing does have a quick or even immediate return on investment, but sometimes It doesn't. I can use this podcast as a fantastic example of that. This podcast is over five years old, and for the first year, barely anyone listened. And I know a lot of people say things like that. And you probably think like, "Mm, you you're just saying that to say it. No, no. We now get more downloads in a day than the podcast used to get per month in that first year. And that's not just month one. That's also month eleven. showing up like when I say the return on investment of this podcast took a long time to come through I am not lying to you (laughs) I'm so glad I kept showing up and kept consistent because you know look where we are now but truly start from the bottom now here the return on investment was not clear and if I'm honest the return on investment for this podcast has never been instant this podcast doesn't make me money in fact it costs money we spend easily £800 if not £1,000 per month to host this podcast. Obviously some of that is through choice, I like doing things in a high quality way, I have an editor, blah blah blah, but the only time this podcast breaks even or even makes a small profit is when we've got a partner or a sponsor. So the return on investment for this marketing activity is never instant and never that clear. But I'm still running this podcast five years on and that's because the return on investment sometimes takes a little bit longer and isn't always as kind of closely attached. that makes sense. This podcast is fantastic at nurturing potential clients, gives them a great place to kind of get to know me and what I share. It's definitely made a lot of money through my client work, but that's not instant. I know for a fact this podcast has been one of my best networking tools, one of the best ways that I've found to kind of meet new business owners. That's not really got a return on investment, has it? Like, it's not always clear exactly what's going to come from that. I think sometimes we can have too high expectations of how quick and measurable and kind of instant the return on investment of our marketing effort is going to be. What I'm not encouraging you to do here is like, just keep doing stuff, even if there's no return on investment and, you know, quote unquote, trust the process. I don't mean that, but I would encourage you to think of which parts of your marketing strategy might not have such an instant return on investment and how can you just change your expectations there? If you're always looking for those kind of quick instant wins you're going to find yourself burning out because you're just going to be chasing those kind of short-term highs and you're probably not going to be putting in the work and sowing the seeds within your marketing that's really going to lead you to the kind of long-term growth and like the results that really matter. So this is something I'd encourage you to think about within your marketing. Where are you looking for instant return on investment? Where do you need to change your expectations? And how can you approach your marketing with a slightly more open mind of going, look, I might not get a response right now. I might have to show up for a little while and get no reaction, but that's okay. Because I'm going to stay consistent. If the me of five years ago was looking for an instant return on investment with this podcast, she'd have stopped it in month one. But I didn't. I enjoyed creating it. I trusted the process. I knew I needed to be consistent before I expected a result. So I kept going. So that's my fourth encouragement to you. Stop looking for the instant return on investment. My fifth and final mistake that I want to share with you that I think business owners make when it comes to their marketing is thinking that you need a detailed plan. Now this might sound a little bit hypocritical because I am a marketing strategist. A lot of what I do is helping people create strategies which is basically a plan. I help people with, like the content planning and how to plan launches and plan plan plan. I am not anti having a plan. I am anti having a plan that is detailed just for the sake of it being detailed and always feeling like we're not ready because our plan is not detailed enough. I love a plan when it is giving us what we need to move forward with with intention if we're planning out a launch great we need a bit of a plan there we need to know like what are we doing each week what are the goals what's the messaging kind of what's the tone of the content great I've got my plan, off I go. Or if it's maybe a plan to start building up a new platform. Okay, we probably do need to plan out some content pillars and and frequency of your content so that kind of you can get started. When we always feel like we need a more detailed plan, I often notice that's not coming from a place of logic and actual need. It's often coming from a place of fear, where we think I'm not ready, I'm not good enough, I can't do it. I need more of a plan. If I have more of a plan, then I'll feel ready or then I'll be good enough. Then I will, you know, achieve all of my goals. And I think there's something to be said about just going for it. And especially in the early days of something not creating much of a plan. Sometimes all my content plan looks like is a list on my daily to-do list each day. Okay, i pulling in a post here and share that. Sometimes my plan is in a spreadsheet and it's very detailed because it needs to be for whatever is happening at that moment. I'm not saying you always need to do it in one way I think it's really important to be flexible with the kind of plan that you need but I guess I'm just saying like stop waiting to have a detailed plan a detailed plan is not going to grow your business showing up is going to grow your business what plan is actually going to be useful for you great create that and then get going you can always make it more detailed as you go the clients that I work with who have multiple team members that do marketing with them they need the most detailed plans because there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. The clients that I work with who are individuals sometimes I just think like we don't need that much of a plan like yes like I said we need that kind of top level overview we need to know what we're doing when and I think depending on your personality type as well you might need a more detailed plan to kind of help you stay focused and kind of to make the action easy but know when a plan is detailed enough and just get going with the action don't let your desire for a more detailed plan put you off from actually just taking the action that's really going to make a difference which is showing up and implementing. It's very likely, and I'm saying this as someone who makes money because people think they need marketing strategies, uh, so this probably isn't gonna help my business, but it's very likely you probably don't need another marketing strategy. You might just need a bit of refinement. You might need to just shift it a little bit, but you probably just need to start taking a bit more action. So that's the fifth and final mistake I see people making, thinking that you need a more detailed plan and letting that hold you back from taking action. As a recap, the five marketing mistakes I would love you to avoid in your business are as follows. Number one, not showing people what you do. Number two, not tracking the statistics and metrics. Number three, getting content envy or comparing your content to other people's. Number four, looking for instant return on investment. And number five, thinking that you need a detailed plan. I'm so interested to hear which of these you resonate with. As I said right at the start of this episode, I experience every single one of these and not just once. Countless times in my business, I will realise, oh crap, we're making that mistake again. Oh, didn't fill fill out the, the metric spreadsheet last month, did we? Nope. Okay, damn it. Oh, haven't told people what I sell in the last three weeks, have I? Nope. Okay. It's not about never making these mistakes. It's about being self-aware and knowing what will help us when we make the mistakes to kind of move ourselves forwards. I'd really encourage you off the back of this episode, pick one of these mistakes that you most resonated with and take a bit of action to help yourself with it. Maybe you need to set up your metric spreadsheet. Maybe you need to go and create a piece of content which is telling your audience what you do. Whatever your next step is, I am so cheering you on and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So come and pop me a message over on LinkedIn or Instagram. You can find me at Alice Benham on both platforms. And thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday with a guest conversation. So follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. See ya.